guys. Welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 7.56 p.m. on Wednesday, December 5th. Welcome back, and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shayola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page backslash mfmillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola, so feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's let's jump jump in. in. (laughs) Hey, guys. Sam's over here making fun of me about uh, my podcast intro. Um, So... I just say it all the time. It's like preparing the listeners. Yeah, um, but hello. Um, we hope you guys are having a great week. We're in the middle. Um, this time we decided to do it Wednesday instead of um, yesterday um, just because life. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we still came on here and yeah, gave you some stuff for the week. Huh? Get you through your hump day. Yeah. So um, happy December. Hmm. <laughs> It's the best month of the year. <laughs> you know, a real one was born. <laughs> Me, I'm turning 27 this year. I think she means Jesus Christ, but okay. Jesus, you always get the first slot, but you know, I, I think I'm coming in in the hot second. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I, a hot fourth, you know, tr- right. the Holy Trinity and then me. So, <laughs> so, so, um, but yes. Um, also, you know, I really love December because I just feel like it's a great time just to reevaluate, you know, just think about your year, mm-hmm. what the highs, the lows, what you liked, what you didn't like, and, you know, just how you can plan better for 2019. Yeah. The holiday season is always a great time to reflect on everything that you're thankful for. We just came out of Thanksgiving, and once again, you go back into you know, Christmas season and people are thankful for the Savior being born and him and the sacrifice that he made for us. So always, always thankful during this particular time, or at least we're reminded that we're to be thankful. And that kind of brings us into um, a little bit of our topic for today. Yeah, a little bit. So um, the title is um, Thank You Next. Um, We're going to put a semicolon of something in there by tomorrow when you hear it like you're listening to it right now um we haven't figured out that yet so we're gonna go with thank you next for now and the reason why we're doing that is because of this song that's just been blazing and bumping through 50 million airwaves um lately yeah man so uh um if if you happen to have heard it there's a song by ariana grande that's called thank you next and it touches on a topic that Ro and I, when we were listening to it, we were like, hmm, this would actually be a great topic to unpack for our listeners in regards to what the message is. And the message is pushing a couple different things, and we're going to kind of just go through it bit by bit. 
Right. So in the song, she's saying, thank you, next. You know, I'm so grateful for my ex. And pretty much what she's saying is, you know, she's had multiple relationships and, you know, they've just made her a better person. And she's so thankful for those relationships because it has made her a better Ariana. Um, right. And so we were thinking about that and we were kind of just like, Good motives, but yep. very harmful and misleading. Yeah, man. The pathway um, to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> so um, we wanted to kind of provide a podcast for another perspective on serial dating, because that's pretty much what she's talking about. Um, but we kind of wanted to discuss what that means for us as Christians and just a better way to think about your relationships Um and courtship as opposed to dating, yeah. right? So um, we're going to kick it off with our first point, um, and we've titled it, Who Are You Thanking? Right? In the song, she's yeah. like, thank you thank you for, for my exes, right? right? So who should you be thanking, though? Right. And, um, you know, who are you thanking? I think everybody, is, at least from a Christian perspective, we know this, that the person that you should be obviously thanking is God, God himself. And, you know... There is grace that you receive during your idiot decisions, but we need to remember first and foremost that God is the one who actually provides you with the know-how to give you, he gives you the common grace that gives you the know-how on how to navigate uh, and learn from past experiences. But even like aside from that though, you know, there's just the idea in which when when you're when you're supposed to be thankful, we have to be careful that we're not thanking God for His grace, so that um so that sin may abound, right? Because like if you think about like Romans six, you know Paul in the first two verses, he's basically like um he's basically like uh, shall we sin more that grace may abound? And it's like no, we should not. Sin. He says may it never be actually, right? Do not sin more that grace may abound. And I think that's kind of what if we're honest with ourselves what we actually do when we serially, serially date because we end up doing a lot of different activities that we know we shouldn't have never been in in the first place. Yeah, and I think that you touched on a great point when you were saying um, grace during your idiot decisions. And so I'd love to break that down. Um, I think that, you know, when we go through our dating process, um, there's a lot of confusion about God and that it's com- and his combination with our free will, right? Um, so, you know... And sometimes we don't realize that sometimes God gives you the desires of your heart, even when he knows that they are harmful. Yes, exactly. Um, he'll give you those desires. He'll, 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 he'll give you over to your own desires um, and let you have your way as a judgment against you. <laughs> and that's what sometimes people don't realize is that when you're able to just do whatever it is that your heart's desire is, first of all, you got to remember... Your heart's deceitfully wicked. And um, with that, therefore, you have to filter your heart's desires through the lens of Scripture. And if you're not filtering it through the lens of Scripture, it's gonna you're going to end up desiring something that's just not good for you. And you're going to have tons of blind spots that otherwise, had you done it through the lens of Scripture, you would have seen these things. And you would have had people on your team also who would have seen these things and helped warn you before you got too emotionally involved. Right. So um, I think a question that we've kind of rounded up for this topic is, you know, if you knew who your spouse was going to be from the beginning of your life, from day one, like the day you're born, somebody sends yeah. you an envelope in the mail and says, hey, 
I'm not going to tell you how you're going to find this person, when you're going to find this person, but I can maybe show you a picture or just tell you a name, but this is who your husband's going to be when you reach of age. Would you change your dating history or experiences? And um, we want to talk about that because most people would say, no, you know, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that I've done has made me who I am and I'm so grateful, right? And that's a bunch of nonsense. So so we want to talk about that. Yeah, man. Um, Here's the thing. People look at, and even in the lyrics of this song, what did she say? She said, um... She said, it's like, uh, you taught me love. One taught me love, one taught me patience. Like, yeah. this is the idea. The idea is that they believe, the world believes, that dating is educational. That dating is something that is going to educate you for marriage eventually. And um, while the Christian, on the other hand, has a completely different answer, right? Or should, at least. Or, yeah, I yeah. believe should, right? And this kind of gets us to the, to, the, to the crux of it, right? Like, of... Like so, like honestly, Christians should say yes. I would if you could see your spouse. Because if we're honest with ourselves, you know our experiences from past relationships. Most of the time, they harm our future marriage. Future marriages yep. more than they help. Yep. Um, I think some examples of that is one just you know maybe pornography. It could help. It could harm. I'm sorry harm the way you could be intimate with your spouse or different images or different body types or just different um, things. It can impact the intimacy yeah, that there's... you have with your spouse because of your expectations. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, just straight up simple relationship baggage and yep. just trauma from past relationships. You know, all those, all that serial dating is just gives you more baggage and you can act like you forgot it all when you get married, but they throw up. They always yeah, they, show. They up. always show up. They always show up, and 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 you're the one person who's going to be able to point it out to you is your definitely your spouse. They will see those patterns very quickly, and you know even like I, I think I think of this and I say to myself like some of the baggage that you might uh, encounter is commitment issues because when you keep like let's say you commit to one person right, um, it doesn't work out. You commit to another person, it doesn't work out. You commit to another person. What eventually happens? You become jaded you become someone who isn't really really big on commitment period oh yeah or you just have like a pessimistic view view or expectations of a relationship and you're probably one of those people who think marriage is unnecessary right because you've probably just been hurt too many times where you don't believe in it exactly and this is the this is it goes back to what we talked about in the last podcast about like the crumpled up 100 hundred dollar bill like yeah, it'll still spin, but we all see that it's not in its pristine form, right? It's not in the best in the best shape that it could be. So I think um, to wrap up this point is just your thanks should be to God. Mm-hmm. Um, because God is the person who um, is showing you that, hey, maybe this serial dating isn't a good idea. Like you keep, mm-hmm. you know thinking that it's the best thing since sliced bread and you keep failing at it. Like, so I'm giving you over to your own desires and maybe that's not the answer. Um, so you should be thanking him for that. Um, and then also, you know, God puts certain things or certain tests in your life so that you learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, the ultimate glory is his. 
Right. It, it all goes back to him. And, and, and also, just, just remember that there are other people out here, just so you know, that will date one person and they'll end that relationship and then they'll go and date a different person who has the exact same problems. Yeah, of I, the person that they were that they just broke up with, right? And so we're gonna get into that um, a little bit later in the podcast because we want to we want to kind of do an explanation for you um, to kind of show you the difference between actual um, learned behavior and you know the knowledge that equips you for that in your dating relationships, right? Um, but so kind of moving to our next point, a question because I, I like to give you guys information, but I also like to think of what you guys are probably thinking of when you're listening right, to the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think for our listeners, um, what they're probably thinking is, how do Christian courtships fit into this? Or how do they defer from this? Because I think we're in a culture where, you know, you have all these ministries or just churches in general, they just kind of teach, well, if you do, you know this plus this and put it into this formula of Christian courtship, then you're going to find someone who's a man of God or you're going to find a woman of God and you guys are just going to get married and it's just going to be this one stop shop to intimacy with your, with your desired person. And that's not true. Um, you have courtships, Christian, lovely, godly courtships that end because you guys just aren't fit for one another. Um, so yeah, whether it be like there could be like very very huge deal breakers. Like you start off a courtship right, and then you know um, maybe I would hate for it to get this far. But if it did get far enough, and you didn't, you hadn't asked the person, for example, if they wanted kids, and it turns out they don't. Right, like something like that, or um, even something more simple. Right, sometimes you just can't deal with certain things, and you're just like, you're a great. Um, woman or man of God, but just not one for me, that happens. And so when you have maybe two or three of those great Christian courtships that end, how does that differ um, from the world's serial dating? Well, um, the first thing I would say is that the world's serial dating is for how. They believe that it's for educational purpose. Courtship, however, is for who. Another way you can put this, I uh, I have a quote here from John Piper where he said where he stated, "Dating is primarily pursuit, not preparation." And what he simply means by that is that when you court, you're already ready for marriage. You're not looking to get ready for marriage. You're ready for marriage, um, and those are those bare minimum things that we've talked about um, before. Um, things that you need to make sure that if you're a man what you should be, and if you're a woman looking for a man, what he should be. Um, you know, make sure your partner is a, is, a, is a follower of Christ. Don't be unequally yoked. Um, make sure that the husband is prepared to lead. Um, you know, and he must be, he, and he must lead very similar to Christ. Is he committed to children? And also, lastly, um, is he the four Ps? And we've talked about all those points in various yes. other podcasts. So, you know, that's the first and foremost thing that I would that I would look at in regards to um, how how courtships would differ from dating. Dating is is you're simply just trying to gain experiences. And typically what what happens when we gain those experiences, we end up actually being used 
by the other person. Right. I can say that personally even in my past relationships. Like, there are women who, if you look back on it in retrospect, you can easily say, I was simply just trying to be happy with her and use her for my own gratification during the time. It wasn't that I was not in any way, shape, or form. Marriage was not even in view. You see what I'm saying? And now that you've looked, now that when you look back on, it, you're like, "Wow, I've not only hurt that girl, but I hurt myself," because I've, 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 through that experience, I've affected how I see relationships going forward. Right. Um. And I think Sam made a great point. Um. About the stove. I'm gonna let him say it because uh, I think it's better when oh, he says it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I was a little shaky on this particular metaphor. I was simply saying that just because you learn, just because if you touch a stove and you realize that it's hot and you learn from, you learn not to touch a stove does not mean you know not to touch an iron. So, and what what I simply mean by that is that when you, that you get burned one time by a guy or you get burned one time by a girl, that doesn't teach you what to look for it only teaches you what not to look for but the thing about the thing about evil and the thing about about wickedness and 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 um and sin it disguises it, itself it, in different it has ways. so many different flavors right there are so many different flavors of sin but you know what the thing about that's why we say it when we when we say truth we don't say truths we say one truth the truth right and that's the way it works with 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 when it comes to navigating the waters as far as for courtship is you're trying to go you're trying to get in those waters and and do as little harm to yourself as possible. I'm not saying that courtship will shield you from all harm. But what we are saying is that do as little harm as possible and you cannot do as little harm as possible if your idea of dating is to be educated. Right, and I think also um when you are, I think what Sam is getting at is with the stove and the iron is you may know what a bad guy is with serial dating, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you know what, what a, a good, good guy, guy is. is. Right. Um, and I think that's very important because, you know, you hear all the time women will always say, or men will always say, well, I don't want a woman who does this, or I don't want want a man man who does this. Um, You know, this is a red flag for me. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for that. But then you ask them, what are you looking for? And then the answer is so vague. I want a man of God. It's like, we talked about this what in our video. What does that video. look like? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, what, what does that even mean? Right. Like, you know, you're, you, like, you don't know how to break that down because all you know is what not to look for, but you don't know what to look for exactly. Um, and so I think that's what makes a Christian courtship defer from serial dating because there's a mindset shift. Um, and there is an equip of knowledge that Mm -hmm. I don't think you have when you're an unbeliever that's just kind of dating recklessly lost in the world you know yeah yeah you know um the men and women we date we should always if you want to have a higher view of of how you should treat just humans in general but especially those who you want to actually who you who, who you are looking to court the women, the men and women that we date are not a bunch of trial runs and test drives to ready us for a better husband and wife. But we have to remember that, you know, like, for example, let me let me give you an example. When you go 
and you're about to go rent a car or not rent a car, but uh, um, you, you, you're looking to purchase a car and they let you they're going to let you drive it, you know, test drive it to go out on the road and figure it out. They don't let you go and take the car home, drive it for months on end and then return it later. They only let you go around the block. Really, really short distance. And that's all you get. And even before they do that, what do they make sure? They make sure you have a license, right? And that you can drive, period. If you if you don't show these bare minimum requirements, kind of like very similar to how we talk about the four Ps and is he a Christian, is he a leader? If you don't have those bare minimum requirements, that you, you don't you can't come up on the lot. And I and and you know, I look at I look at this and I say to myself, how do we treat our daughters? Like, for example, you know the stereotype. The stereotype is that, you know, a guy comes in wanting to date a, another man's daughter, right? 17-year-old boy, he don't know, he don't know nothing. <laughs> and, I feel like you said it like that because like <laughs> you see kids in your future. I feel like when you said it, oh you had you had a picture of yours, you outside <laughs> and a, a, a young 17-year-old knocking on your door trying to date your daughter. I feel she like that was like me well. She knows me. I feel me like so there was well. so much Contention and, in what you said. And you know, he comes home and he's talking about he wanna take your daughter out on this date or whatever. And he said and, and no, and you you respond by doing the bare minimum. And and this is this is funny because the world doesn't think this is the bare minimum, but it is. You do this. You bring your gun out and you start cleaning up cleaning it and cleaning it in front of him and polishing in it and saying, You know what time to bring her home, right? You know, you're going to take good care of her, right? You're going to bring her back home in one piece, right? And you're just basically trying to intimidate and scare this guy to make sure that he brings your daughter home safe. But let's switch that scenario and just replace one item, which is your daughter. Let's say you have a $200,000 Lamborghini sitting out in your driveway. 17-year-old boy, he don't know a lick of nothing, come up to your door and says, Hey, Mr. Shoyola, I would like to take your 200,000 Lamborghini for a ride. ride. Are you just going to simply let him in, polish your gun, threaten him, and then give him the keys? No. Like, and, 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 and you would immediately in your head, you're saying, you gave the keys of a $200,000 Lamborghini to a 17-year-old boy? And that's all you did to try to, you know, make sure he was ready for it? Right, but if I said that was my daughter, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have a problem with that, and we we value what what happens is we value our daughters. We we value the daughter of another man less than we value these expensive cars. And I think that the Bible's right that these women are their values of rubies, especially women of God, in particular. Their values of diamonds, pearls. So I, I, I would never in any way, shape, or form want to come and use another man's daughter for my own self-gratification just so I can gain the educational experience and learn about love or learn about patience or learn about like whatever it is that, that you might learn from it. Right. Um, you can literally just learn about those things from the Bible. Exactly. You don't, you don't need to use another man's daughter to learn about those things. Yeah, and I think that that takes time, right, and growth. Because a lot of the times when you talk to 
people who are in marriages, let's just be honest, um, the casual sex wasn't worth it. It probably wasn't enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And when you truly find the person that you've began to do life with and start family with and an extended family when you have kids, you realize all the other stuff you were doing were, was a waste of time. Yeah. And and about 99% of adults are going to tell you that. Like, And so I think that's just kind of what we're saying. Yeah. Um, it's just um, what's the substance in what you're doing? Like, what is the benefit that yeah. you see that it's really doing for you? Because all I see in our culture is just people on this kind of hamster wheel that just keeps going and going and going, and they don't realize that they don't realize that they're doing a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, like you it's know? just a different person. You're just picking a different person. It it has the illusion of difference, but it's not really different. Right. You're picking a different person, but the same problem is persisting over and over again. And what's happening is you're doing this. What you're doing over and over again is that you're intimately getting involved with someone before you get before you before you exhaustively evaluate them. Like if you're going to get intimately before you get intimately involved, you should exhaustively evaluate first. That way, you know what you're getting into. I mean, for women, like this looks like. On day one, if a guy says he's interested in you and you're interested in him as far and you're both your view towards this is marriage, bring him to your folks. Bring him to your parents. Bring him to people who are adults who have seen you and grown up with you in life who will then evaluate him, make sure that he's serious about this. And by the way, this helps field just the question in itself. If you just let someone know, Hey, I'm only dating. I'm I'm only going to be um uh entering into courtships uh in regards to marriage. That fields the that fields all the people who are going to waste your time away. Uh, well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Right. And that saves you so much time and heartbreak. And who wants to waste time and who wants heartbreak? Right. Um. And then another point before we kind of get ready to wrap up, um. Whether it defers or not, really, whether Christian um, courtships and serial dating defer or not, at the end of the day, what does God say? It's yeah. like that. And that's really that's really the end of it. Like point blank, period. It's really just kind of what did God say is the correct way to pursue someone, even if non-believers or the world is doing serial dating, and even if you feel like Christian courtship kind of is not that far off. It is, but even if you feel like it's not, at the end of the day, what are God's requirements for intimacy? Right. And that's really what you need to kind of base your moves on when yeah. you're trying to pursue another partner. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Um, so I think what we like to do is when we do podcasts and we kind of have conversations like this where we are critiquing, um, we don't like to wrap up the podcast without solutions. Um, So we want to kind of give you um, some questions, some intentional questions to ask to just kind of prevent that gray area um, when you're dating. I think we touched on a couple, um, but I think we want to just be a little bit more clear. I think the reason why a lot of um, young men and women 
feel so confused in the dating world is because you're just not asking enough questions. And that's just point blank period. You're just kind of like, ooh, I like this person. And you're so focused on like not wanting to turn the other person away that you're not asking the questions. And then when you get heartbroken, then you snap back into reality and you say, oh, there was like a whole human being called myself that I should have cared about. Mm -hmm. Um, And you only realize that at the end and when there's usually heartbreak. But I think what courtship does and the questions that we're kind of about to roll out for you, what it does is it, it reminds you of, you know, yourself and just the guard and the discernment that you should have when you're entering um, dealings with another person. Yeah, relationship. So let's start, let's start with the latest. What would you say is a good question that a lady could ask, per se, um, that would help them field off field field for good applicants and bad applicants um i think that the question what are you looking for Mm -hmm. um i think women are afraid to ask that because they're like i'm gonna run this guy away or it's too soon it's the first it's the first date like why am i no i think you should say what are you looking for and when and and listen yeah and then be quiet and then be quiet (laughs) right just just like Listen to the answer because one thing that I tell Sam all the time is that like, I I know how to listen and I and and when I listen, like I know how to discern who a person is and a person will tell on themselves, right? Yes. So if you're if you ask a guy what am I looking for and he says you know, I'm just going with the flow, you know, just kind of having fun, you know, I'm open to a relationship, just not right now, cool. That's told you a lot, I yeah. think. But I think I think women usually say, oh well, he said he's. Open to relationships sometime, but you don't know that that time might be three thousand and sixty-two. Like you know what I mean. And from, and from a man's perspective, that's just the bait and hook. Yeah, we just, we drop that line all the time just to get her to to in some way have a have a inkling of hope that right. I that you know you might be get serious later on down the road. Right, and but then, you're not thinking about that. No right, moment. and then what happens is you know a woman thinks maybe she can change the man, etc. So I think the first thing you can ask is what are you looking for and then you know if you kind of get a vague answer follow that up with a statement hey well i am looking for a relationship that leads to marriage right um so i so i think that's a great first question what about the guys so for the guys it's funny we actually had a conversation with a guy on thanksgiving about this and and one thing i was telling him advising him was ask ask her about her past maybe one or two or relationships ask her so why didn't it work out with your last uh your last relationship and then just listen and just be quiet because here's the thing what happens is sometimes when we see the person start to kind of stutter or get stuck on the question we start volunteering our own information and when we volunteer our own information you have to understand people are crafty they are like chameleons. If they find out and they get a little bit of information from you about what it is that you like, they will mold themselves and make themselves fit into your narrative even though they're not quite the person that you're looking for deep down inside. And you won't find that out until you said I do. <laughs> yeah, and another reason why you know just listening is great is because um, stuttering is one point, but there's another point where the both of you are just trying so hard to like show the others this person without sin that you guys just keep talking because you guys are trying to upsell yourself so much. Yeah. Um so so you just like keep talking and the person and <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes one when one person just 
you know, listens, then at a certain point, it's, the conversation stops because a person can't talk forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just listen. Listen to what the other person is saying. Um, what are some other questions that we can think about? Um, I think you should just put, put on your big girl panties and, um, you know, your big boy sh- um, boxers and, <laughs> and, and just just get real. Like, just, are you looking for children? When are you looking for children? Like, questions that will run the jokers away. Yeah, You need man. to ask all of those questions. Because it's a serious thing. I don't, I don't think dating is to be taken lightly. I don't know who wants heartbreak and who wants to be used. But I don't want to be used. And I don't think the girl that, you know, I might find attractive, whatever, when I'm dating, I don't think that they want to be used either. Right. So why not come to them when you're ready for marriage, when you've met those four P's, Christian men, meet the four P's first. You know what I'm saying? Um, If you're not a Christian, you're listening to this, bow the knee to Christ. Develop leadership skills and meet the four P's. Have a vision for your family. Pray over your family. Be ready to pray over your family. You know, um, be ready to lead your family in washing them with the word be able to protect and provide for your family before you are out here trying to date someone's daughter. I just think that 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 is just it's just paramount. Yep, and ladies the same. There are so many requirements that God gives us on who we all must be before we pursue courtship with one another, and I think that is what sets us apart and Let's us be in the world, but not of it when it comes to dating. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like just in conclusion, it's one of those things that like, thank God, first and foremost, don't thank man and your experiences with man for the things that you've learned. Thank God for the things that you've learned. That's number one, because he's gracious in teaching us those things. Um, and then also, of course, make sure that when it comes to dating you don't look at it as an educational experience right when you want to go out there and you want to take someone's daughter or take someone's um son and see them you know for an extended period of time be in a relationship with them take it serious take that person serious enough that you are willing to disqualify yourself or disqualify them before they get emotionally involved with you because that is actually the most loving thing that you can do to them right Well, guys, we've said a mouthful. Um, We hope that you enjoyed the podcast. We will be back next week, as usual, um, to come up with something else and chat our brains off some more. Um, So um, we're wishing you a great rest of the week. Um, Please um, like this podcast, subscribe to our um, podcast. Um, I guess channel on iTunes and other um, listening outlets and we will be back again. You guys take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.